0: We've just finished with the trade deadline, and a lot of of things to talk about, things that did happen, things that didn't happen. A lot didn't
1: didn't happen. A lot didn't happen. Surprising, Uh, to say the least. I was very surprised. It was a big tease. It was kind of a big tease. But I think a lot has been said, even by what hasn't happened. A lot of writing has now been put on the wall, so... It's a lot of indication of, of pending moves that may take place. A lot of predictions taking place like when you think about the situation. In Things Indiana. on draft day. Yeah. Exactly. So you never know what could happen. A lot of people, they didn't want to take the chance to see, okay, well, we'll take your draft pick now, and it might wind up being the fifth pick. We don't want that. We, we want to swing for the fences if we let go of a, a poor George caliber type player. So we want to make sure that, say, for instance, that Boston pick, or even LA's pick, we want to make sure that that pick is number one. So yeah. I think... When you do have the number one pick in pocket in hand, in, the, in your back pocket, as opposed to having a potential number one pick, I think it plays more different. So I think we might see some movement in the offseason. Yeah,
0: I think the certainty of knowing exactly what number pick that is is exactly. a big deal. And so, like a team like Boston could really get lucky, right? The ping pong balls fall their way and they get the number one pick and they say, well, maybe we we'll just keep that. Uh, you know, if we get unlucky and it's the seven pick or. Something like that. Exactly. I, mean, I don't think that's possible. Pick. The five or whatever. Uh, but yeah, then maybe you could trade that. But all right, so let's talk about the things that did happen, um, and let's talk about the teams that are in the top of the league and made some moves to you know sort of shore
1: up their rosters. More or less, the title contenders. Yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 the teams that are that are right around there. I, I think if you if you want to pick winners. Uh, the Raptors are a pretty clear winner of, of this trade deadline. Getting yes. Serge Ibaka. They made some nice moves. And getting P.J. Tucker. A great move for defense. Um, it seems like you know they, they added those kind of quality veteran guys, tough guys, guys that are pretty good defensively um, that fill some holes in, in their roster. And uh, once again, uh, Masai just Seems to know how to do this. He's a magician. He really is. And, um, you know, uh, always making a case for executive of the
1: year. That speaks to his talent because he he has that ability to identify the players that fit the role that they need. So, P.J. Tucker was a a very great pickup, especially with letting go of Terrence Ross in the Ibaka trade. But that just shows up your starting line. So, now they they possess a starting five that's actually pretty formidable when you look at it on paper. When we look at Lowry, DeRozan, then you put Tucker in there with Ibaka. And it's a lot of change, but I think that those two guys are solid veterans that they'll be easily integrated into their system.
0: Yeah, and a guy like Ibaka certainly was in a strange role very, in, very in strange. Orlando. Too many bigs
1: there. That whole situation they is in flux. I think the culture that or that situation is is still they don't have a, a firm direction since Dwight Howard left. They don't know whether they want to rebuild with not at just, all. Maybe superstar players, or trying to recruit those, or if they just want to accumulate talent, a la Denver,
0: or let it go away, exactly. <laughs> uh, which is seemingly what they've been doing lately. Um, but so you know, the Raptors—they've been on a—they've been on a weak stretch lately. Yes. Um, I think they're down to the four or the five spot. But these these pieces really add something, and for a team like this, it's all about the playoffs. Yes. Um, and what you can. Do in terms of matchups, right? Uh, If you're going to play Cleveland, maybe. Um,
1: So I think if you're Toronto, you just want to avoid the 4th seed. Like, you want to aim for maybe... You want to go as high as 2nd. I don't think they they have enough to catch Cleveland at this point. But I think you want to get 2nd or 3rd. Just so you avoid Cleveland in the 2nd round. You don't want that potential matchup. Because if they get the 5th or the 4th seed, you know they're not making it to the Conference Finals. Which I think if they make it there depending on how much of a challenge Cleveland has and how healthy they are, exactly. they may have a chance there.
0: A lot of this comes down to health for, for all the top teams, right? And uh, the teams like Boston and teams like Toronto in the east uh, and then teams like Houston out west, they're just – and the Spurs too, you could throw in there. They're just hoping that Cleveland and, and Golden State are not 100% healthy. That's their chance. And so, yeah, the longer the playoffs go – the, the longer you you delay that matchup and you, it, it's a conference finals matchup instead of a second round matchup um, could mean the difference between a key player
1: It's a big difference being hurt um, I mean, for Toronto, I think it's a big difference for them because Soji Ibaka is pending free agent mm-hmm. in this upcoming season I think P.J. Tucker might be on an expiring contract if I'm not sure but I feel like though like this run for Toronto if they make it to the conference finals and they push Cleveland to seven games Per se, I think that allows them to keep these pieces that they have now intact, and then build off of that. But I think if they get the fourth or the fifth seed per se, and they lose in the second round, I think those pieces now have to go back to the drawing board and evaluate. Okay, is Toronto exactly the place for me? And for a player like Serge Ibaka in Toronto, I think they're a perfect fit. So you don't want you wouldn't want to bring that type of you know you want you wouldn't want to put that situation in limbo, so to speak. You want to make sure that it's a solid situation going into free agency. Yeah, I th- I think it is.
0: Like I said, coming from where he's been, um, in in Orlando and then prior to that in Oklahoma City, he had a very clear role in Oklahoma City. He had a big role, and um, you know he's on a good team with other good players, and his role was very clearly defined. I think Toronto, he kind of steps into a similar situation in that you have a stable team, exactly. You have high quality players around him, and they have a need in that power forward spot. It's not like he's competing with three or four guys. For, for minutes for there. Minutes. Um, so, yeah, the, the opportunity is there for, for him to, to thrive, and a lot of it just comes down to how quickly they can integrate it. I, um, mean, I think on the, the Ibaka
1: in Orlando, sorry to cut you off, but I think Ibaka in Orlando, I think that was a situation that we all knew eventually. Like, it, it, he wouldn't be there for yeah. the long call. I think, like, they got him. I don't know why they let go of Oladipo and even Sabonis for a play like Ibaka, knowing that you're not going to be able to keep him. Especially with him not him in the way of your younger talent, it, it didn't really make sense. It wasn't a trade that yeah. when I saw it, it kind of left me scratching my head. Like, He's a
0: veteran. Exactly. You give up two very young guys that have a lot of promise. Um, you, you would think they'd be stockpiling young players. Um, yeah, it didn't make any sense, really.
1: But then that makes me. I don't. I don't mean to jump around into the trades, but we're gonna talk about this one upcoming, the Oklahoma City trade. With yeah. Taj Gibson, it yeah. it, it kind of makes you think like, what is the thinking of Sam Presti over there? Because you let go a player like Ibaka, mm-hmm. who's I, I would say a better defender mm-hmm. than Taj Gibson. He even stretches the floor a little bit more as we better saw in that playoff series over the last few years. Exactly, he expanded his game to the three point line. Like, why would you give up Serge Ibaka to then turn around and go get a, a player like Taj Gibson, which you're missing? It's kind of like you you kind of translated Serge Ibaka but into two separate players. With that, was that the thinking? Like you. Wanted to have more body, more able bodies at that point. Maybe it's admitting that it was
0: a mistake, and that you need that kind of player. Um, and you know, you know, Taj Gibson is is a, is a good defender. Um, he's long. When you go back to the playoff series where they almost beat Golden State, their length was such an advantage. And um, you know, this year obviously they lost Durant, and that's. That's obviously the, the bigger piece, but um, the fact that they were so dominant in rebounding and defensively, yes, um, I think you know to lose Durant is one thing. To lose Ibaka, you sort of lose a lot of that exactly. That That's identity.
1: of your, your starter front court. That. And I
0: think Taj Gibson is—he's not as good as Ibaka, but he's. He brings that kind of length and
1: intensity. He does. He He's he's a junkyard dog, so to speak. He does bring a lot of... Dirty work. I see him getting yeah, a lot of dust. Hard up. work. So I think he's going to bring the, the type of attitude that Russell Westbrook likes. And I think that's pretty good. I mean, you still have to commend Sam Presti for what he did over there. Because he turned Ibaka essentially into four, five different bodies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, and instead of paying a lot um, to, to keep him. Um, so, I mean... If you really want to go into ancient history, they kind of chose Ibaka over James Harden exactly. initially. We did. Uh, we, you know, we have enough guard strength and, and
1: uh, over Jeff Green for that fact.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I think after a few years, realizing, hey, we we need more depth, um, and we we need we need more help. Um, yeah, maybe it's just an admission that we can have an Ibaka-like player in that role, but we
1: need more pieces than just him. Yeah, I mean, they, they did get younger in that deal when yeah. they got Ibaka. I mean, Ibaka. I mean, they let, when they traded Ibaka, rather, for Oladipo. Yeah. They got they got younger. So, I mean, I like the trade. It was a smart move, a shrewd move, actually, on the part of Presti. But, I mean, I don't know what Ole Hendo was doing over there. So, good job by them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, l- like we're seeing, the good executives at the good teams seem to know how to Partner up with the, uh, the the more confused executives at lesser teams. Yes. And th- these two uh, these two examples look like that's what was going on.
1: Another another good trade to look at from uh, this trade deadline was the Lou Williams deal. Yeah. To Houston, I think that was a, a match made in heaven. Really like good pickup for them with offense. They don't really preach defense. Just come in and score and shoot threes, and that's Lou Williams' forte. And so, for a player who's actually the sixth man of the year, in my opinion, I think that's a great pickup for Houston. You have the depth now. you really don't have that much of a drop off. They can present what is sort of their own depth type of lineup as we saw a, a glimpse of in the game against New Orleans. So I mean they they have pieces that helps them to compete. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on the door, the precipice of success, so to speak. So I feel like they they have pieces that can help them to compete, but I don't know if you get over that San Antonio. Or the State hump with just Lou Williams. Maybe they do something on the um on the, the buyout market. Well,
0: the way they can score the ball and and shoot the three, um, if all of those guys get hot, you know they can compete with anyone. Correct. And, I agree. You know, in in a playoff series, all it takes is is a week or two where the team is playing really really well. Um, you know, more ancient history back when Golden State beat dallas in the first round right you see being in the seed. that was a team that just got really hot for a week and a half and um you know houston is that kind of team it's a mike d'antoni team mike d'antoni james harden um perfect fit you know you've got gordon um who's playing much better than a anyone really thought he does. would and more consistently um, so there's just such firepower on that team, and he's and healthy.
1: That's that's the facts of put it in. There. He's healthy, yeah. actually. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a good move on the part of of their front office to, to pick up a piece like that, and maybe even their trainer staff needs a knob because they actually yeah. kept him on the court. They've
0: gotten results that others uh, others haven't. Just so haven't. that that's a it's a great trade for Houston. It it kind of um, it makes their team even more serious, and um, it, probably nobody beats Golden State, but.
1: It did increase their odds, um, and that's the most you can sort of ask for. And one of the big things about that trade is it'll go down as Magic's first trade yeah. as president. Yeah. And, I mean, to, to get a first-round pick for a great player, well, I wouldn't say Lou Williams is a great player, but he, he plays a great role. Yeah. On a team that's contending, he, he does fit a very good role. So to bring back a first-round pick for a player like that, I think that that's a, a good move, and I think Magic is kind of putting them in the right direction.
0: And it's also the other first-round pick. This team, this trade makes the team worse in the short term. Um, and it's very important that the Lakers can hold on to that pick, their own pick, uh, in this draft. So um, to, to get a first-round pick and then the, kind of help secure keeping your own pick, um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely an interesting move for, for Magic's first move. And uh, it's a team looking to get younger and... And kind of trust the process. That's a good
1: point. I want to come back to that one when we talk about um, the trades that didn't happen. Because that was a very good point that you brought up. Yeah, I think
0: I know where you're going with that.